This week's edition of Skip the Tutorial, number one podcast in Kazakhstan. I'm your host this week, Bryant Azamat Daniels, and joining me across the universe on Skype is none other than Todd Really Giuliani Fortner. <laughs> What's going on? Why do I sound like half German? I'm terrible. You, you sounded full Holocaust, Johnny. <laughs> Let me bring that Dude. shit all the way down. Like the Holocaust really did happen. Welcome, but I'm I'm very impressed again. I try, I try that you pull that shit off every week, bro. I really am. Like you know what I'm saying. Like if, like the fact that you full and full, the fact that we both was giggling like little kids prior to hitting the start button on this thing. <laughs> yes. Ooh. After the conversation before this, yeah, bro. Oh man, the Rudy. Oh, you got it out too, the Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> I have expected to see Rudy Giuliani's penis in that movie Whoa. with the way that scene was going. Whoa. Whoa. Bring Whoa. it down. Bring it. So for the babies. <laughs> anyway, this is your first time joining us for Skip the Tutorial. A video game show. Me and Todd are a video game show. Every week we get together, we talk about video games, the news. We talk around the roundtable. Sometimes we do a top seven this week we're talking about uh, we're doing a roundtable, and specifically we are discussing the uh, what what are we discussing the failure of live services and or or just live services in general the yeah. failure the good the good the bad and the ugly if you will yes of what it you know just a, a discussion general discussion again it's nothing new it's a discussion that's been currently going probably in the last five damn years but it just came up again. Uh, a lot of, due to what we've been playing, well, what I've been playing, which is the Ghost of Tsushima online, and it kind of reinvigorated that conversation again. Fuck it, during this season of uh, failed pre-orders and a bunch of uh, insanity. Um, yes, very, very nice, very excited, very excited. If Tuta. you want to hear our discussion in full about the new Borat movie, you can join us. By don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them what. I don't know. I was just being a dick. I just wanted to interrupt you, man. The Patreon. The Patreon. The Patreon. You gotta. You, you gotta. You gotta join us on the Patreon. Five dollars a month gets you access to those bonus episodes. That's a cup of coffee a month from a Starbucks. If all right, that was that. I'm so glad you got that out, and we'll do it better like next time because um I won't interrupt it. <laughs> but I just felt real insecure about you doing some shit that you were supposed to be doing, so I'm interrupting and fucking it up. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, no, what I was going to say is... Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. But if you if you sub- sign up by the 31st, by the 31st, $5 or $1 month to help support us, uh, you're entered into a $60 Amazon gift card giveaway. Giveaway, which we will announce. The winner will be announced on the 7th of November. That show. or Well, it's, it's on the the eighth really we record the day before back back sneak behind the curtains take a look at that <laughs> sneak behind the curtains if you will and random shout out to the discord top three riley yo venom and black 008 i just want to throw that out there when we talk about the giveaway real quick for the tribe you know what i'm saying once again we do appreciate y'all fucking with us on this motherfucking weekly journey that we be going on together you know what i'm talking about 
on this spaceship going around the sun that we call the motherfucking Earth. You dig? Yeah, so anyway, dig, dig, dig it. I want to watch Warriors now. The Warriors. Can you dig it? Warriors come out and play. I love that PS2 game, by the way. Speaking of that, man, it's a great game. We gonna dive into this thing, bro. Again, I'm excited about hearing about what you've been gaming on. I've been, I've, I've been flaking on you like you flaked on me when you still holding on to my motherfucking, you know, what I'm saying Star Wars Battle something ground uh, Battle Toads. I don't know what you're talking about. Battle Toads was terrible. <laughs> Battle Toads was the worst game of the year. I still got my shit, cousin. You brought the whole motherfucking Armageddon <laughs> Ragnarok. No. It was a joke. It was a fucking joke. It was a fucking We saw joke. in a documentary last night what brought upon the coronavirus. Now we know the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Now we but know the truth. But that was sparked by your actions. Fair. Nigga. We already discussed this. And like, look, I said, look, if you don't either play the damn game or give it back to me, you will bring Ragnarok. It is documented. It is documented. It is documented. Several times. And you I might, still haven't streamed out. Fallout. Shout out to Shaman Bootyus Bob. He will back even though in his name in the Patreon is the funniest shit ever, because he's fucking childish and I love him. Yes. Shout out to him. Bryant is a little bitch. It's genius. And part of that is because let me stop shitting on you, man. I'm just saying, bro, it's hmm. funny. It's creepy how it happens. It's funny. It's funny to me. Um, no, so what I was going to say is what have we been playing this week? Do you want me to start, or do you want to go? I'll go ahead and get... Well, okay. do you yeah, wanna... I'll go ahead. Yeah, go. go for it. Even though mine really actually leads into what we're discussing this week well then i'll go no nah, i'll go this week uh, okay okay i'm just I'm just fucking with you man i'm just fucking with you because i really don't have a lot to say uh i actually got a scheduled game in madden with that bullshit as that fades out uh speaking of microtransactions and you know billions of dollars and stock you know whatever fuckery in the game but i got a scheduled game probably this afternoon so i'm gonna be on yep. that uh, as that fades out but the big thing that i played and been playing and then i loved and i told you it was really a perfect game now it was already kind of it was already a 10 out of 10 for me it was already my favorite game of the year yeah but ghost of tsushima legends with the dlc bro when they added the new game plus the online story mode survival mode that tied into a game that makes it one of the most wonderful gaming experiences i can ever remember were you very um, excited very excited, very excited, and I mean my expectations were relatively high for it, right? So like, even what the new game plus brings to the table, you know, in that game with the additional vanity items, with the additional, you know, little bits of content here and there, and the way that they balance the combat to still make it fun, even though you souped up with yeah. all your armor, is really perfect. And then there's so many options. Like now, when I run back, I'll just jump into Kurosawa mode and have you know the actual Japanese. Uh, voices with the you know English subtitles like an old movie and it's just so much fun or I can flip back and forth and it brings back the idea of what a therapeutic experience that game is especially with everything that's going on and how dope it is and how it honored like another culture with a sucker punch company that's built yeah. here very proud of and what interests me the most was their discussion it was an article that I read where the developers were discussing how they had simultaneously worked on the online service as they were working on the game itself now i mean how, how long has this game been in production and i'm trying to actually make this game it was years yeah like, it was years dude absolute years um so have you what parts did they add to it with the latest update new game plus okay 
the online story modes, which I think is like nine stories, daily missions. You know, the, the, it's yeah. the same shit, right? Yeah. But it actually, like, for me, the cosmetic aspects of it and the stories themselves, especially during Halloween time, like some mm, of those stories, because yeah. it's more of it, like, Ghost of Tsushima is really trying to, like, loosely based on real events, right? The online yeah. service brings the more spooky aspects to it. Like, it's a story in there where you start out and it's talking about like the mongrels growing power from the hearts of the children's of the village like they it is and you go and it's a two it's like a two party two man party that you go in there with during the story modes and it's just naturally fun and interesting because yeah you you can naturally see how people move together and like you take the right i take the left sneak up on these two motherfuckers assassinate you know and the whole idea and it's four different classes samurai I think an archer class. I should have wrote this shit down. Um, Ronin and assassin. Oh shit! Like, and at his heart, they're all samurai, of course. You know what I'm yeah. saying? They have different specific abilities. It's the same, and that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing that Marvel does. Like, as far as you're gonna defend this area, you're gonna have waves of survival modes. You're gonna have certain missions and everything else, and. You know, it's the same principle base, you know what I mean? But not execu- it's not executed the same way. And yeah. I think that's based on the fundamental development idea of what you're trying to do whenever it's that, you know, and we'll get into this conversation as far as when we actually talk about, you know, the live service situation. But that's what sparked it, because, I mean, it is just so well done, bro. It's over the top. I, f- I don't feel played. It was free. And literally, I, it's, I haven't. It, whenever I start talking about games like Skyrim or I don't know, man, just healthy therapeutic experiences, pop culture wise, that kind of stamp a time in my life. Ghost of Tsushima kind of nailed it with this. Ghost of Tsushima, the bright spot in 2020. <laughs> I love, dude. I absolutely so yeah, man, love. That's pretty much all I wanted to talk about that I was playing. I also did. Uh, Redownload and I've been playing um, GTA on PC just so I can fuck with the that just so I can be child. I just paid off the monitor, so uh, it just looks good. You know what I'm saying? This looks and it's pretty. Like I'm childish. I'll be. I probably lose my job like a lot of people soon in unemployment. But until then, I'm gonna enjoy myself and order Pizza Hut. And Hell I've been yeah. playing. The thing about GTA, bro. Another thing, as much as I hate that evil bitch, the online GTA, I don't fuck with it. I understand why it's successful. Yeah. Because the original solid game is so dope. I still enjoy trying to, even when I get to the point, beginning of the game, and you got to do the mission with the picking a red car or the white car. Yeah. I still enjoy that fucking mission. So um, I've been playing that, man. But I am ultimately excited about hearing what you've been playing. And I think you know which game the most I, I want to hear about. So. That's pretty much all I got. No worries, dude. Uh, man, I, I really need to go back to GTA Five. I've got it on PS4 um, and PC. I kind of want to go back on PC. Like I did on the PS4 for a while. Um, I may just go back on PC because it's it's such a good game, dude. It's one of those like you just get lost in for hours just doing whatever you want to do. Um, Tony Hawk too. I need to get back into Tony Hawk. Um, incredible experience. But yes, this week. This week, what have I been playing? Last couple weeks, really. Uh, I'll start with Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons. I um, Okay, so single-player mode I beat. I ended up beating the single-player mode. And, Todd, I lied to you. I told you I wasn't going to play multiplayer. I played the fuck out of some multiplayer on Squadrons. 
I got it straight up addicted to some multiplayer on squadrons. I love multiplayer on squadrons. Um, wait, let's talk about some basics first, okay? Story-wise, right? Where does it fit in the Star Wars story, Star Wars canon? It takes place after Return of the Jedi. Um, it's before, from what I can tell, it's before The Force Awakens. Um, you are playing two different simultaneous storylines, and it kind of serves as a tutorial for how to use the ships, the different ships, different abilities, different loadouts. Uh, you play as both on the Empire side, and you play on the, uh, uh, well, now they call it the New Republic side. It's not the Rebels anymore. It's the New Republic. So you're playing both. Um, it's a variety of missions. The storyline is pretty simple. Um, you have an Imperial captain in the very first mission, the prologue missions who betrays and he's gone rebel. Essentially he's gone to the new Republic and they're building this giant thing called the Starhawk. And so you're playing the story from both aspects and you're doing these different missions to help either the empire or the new Republic in succeeding in their mission. It's incredible combat. That's what I want to start with. How about the controls, right? It's a great little hybrid between realistic uh controls and you know quick shortcuts with the you know gaming controls itself now i could see where you could make this game much more complicated by the different menu options like you could probably turn off auto targeting uh you could turn off uh certain functions like knowing which joystick or watching from the ui itself like missile counts etc um, or health meters, health bars on other other ships. But what makes this game so incredible is the feel of the actual combat itself and the dogfight feel. Because you're also in space, Todd. You're in space. So guess what? There is no up and down, left and right. Everything is everywhere at all times. It's all okay, surrounding I wanna, you. I I want to just interrupt real quick and yes. say, look, man, I, I lied to you as well, so it's okay. It's balance to the force. I've yes. been supposed to buy this game, and we're supposed to play together. And I was just like, yeah, 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 I'm getting it today. Today's the day I'm getting it. Today's still it. Still hadn't gotten it. Still hadn't gotten it. And the fact that you're running through this game, I think I think it is bringing balance to the force. Yes. And like I'm going to tell you again, um, even without you finishing, I still I'm, I have the desire to go get this one because I think it's still like $39.99. Yep. And I knew you was going to lie about not playing multiplayer, bro. So now at least that you got yourself ahead, maybe it's time, bro, because I'm going to fade off of Madden. So it is maybe a, we can get on there together. It's Which, a who owns Who owns this game? Who owns this game? EA owns this game. You don't own <laughs> this you. game. EA. Got you, suckers. They get did. Of Madden. Get on squadrons, bitch. Get on squadrons, EA. But nah, man, like, so the, the combat itself kind of feels very fluid in motion. It becomes very natural. Don't get me wrong. When you first start fucking with the combat, when you first go into it, it is very disorienting. Because you have to remember, your left joystick is controlling your throttle and your pitch, and your right joystick controls what direction your ship turns. So you're constantly, like, moving the joysticks to gain position. And, like, if you want to turn faster, you drop down your throttle and you push up. Um, Sounds I, like I did a white some old, underbelly interview, my friend. <laughs> I did some white old Top Gun shit, man. Like, like, it was brilliant, man. I did some old Top Gun shit where I was just, like, being chased by a dude and just flip around and burn down on his ass and beep, 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 beep. It was nice. It was beautiful, man. It was beautiful. Um, most importantly, with the ships and everything, because I have heard that the ships do feel different. But it's do. like there is there like a solid choice on when you find a ship that you like that fits your style. 
where it's just like this is the one that I want to build. Like how are the um, customization options, um, or does because I've also heard it flips between Rebel and uh, do goody goody good do Gumdrop whatever Imperial. The fuck it is. Thank you kindly. <laughs> yes, um, yes. I like how you describe the, the empires, the goody goody gumdrops. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the ships themselves all feel different. They all feel very different. Do you uh, have, like, a choice, though, of, like, building up your specific ship? Yeah, you can choose your ship, what you go into battle with. Um, as far as customizing the ship, I haven't come across any crazy customization features. Um, you can choose your loadout, though. So as far as, like, you're wanting to... Yes. As far as, like, what kind of lasers you want to use, what kind of shield you want to use, what kind of bonus you want to have. I mean, some bonuses are, like turrets you can fire turrets out that'll just automatically shoot at enemies um or you can have guided missiles or you can have repair droids um it just depends on what you want what you're comfortable with right now i'm still very basic i like the i'm a basic white bitch i like the tie fighter and the x-wing and that's where i stick right now i want an x-wing man how does this get you need to watch the episode <laughs> with hot boxing with mike tyson and Lil Boosie. Okay. I just want to say that. I'm going to watch that. Yeah. All right. So I say that. How, how does this game help the world? It makes it comfortable. It makes it nice to be in my Star Wars world, my Star Wars pajamas. And it makes it feel good to be in the pilot seat for once, Todd. I'm piloting my own life. So, oh, okay. So you feel a lot of control in this I game. I feel out of control. Sense of control. This gives me I, This gives me my identity back as a Star Wars geek. Um, no, I am going to say though, dude, I'm very impressed with the work that they put into this game and how little people, I mean, so what I was saying though is like, what I really appreciate about this game is, you know, the idea that I didn't know this game was coming out until I saw it a week before it released, right? (coughs) There's been marketing for it clearly. I know I did go out last night. Uh, but there's been marketing for it clearly at some point, but if this was a surprise and for them to put like whatever development team that they used within their studio, like they really have a passion for creating something that was, I'm not going to say hundred percent accurate or whole representation of, you know, flight combat. But what they did was they created a very, uh, uniquely fun combat experience that is interesting and it kind of captures and it, it, it triggers that part of my brain that likes like call of duty instead it's flight combat. You know what I mean? Like that's the part of my brain that this triggers. And like, it reminds me of like playing ACE combat for the first time, like, and just how much I enjoyed that. And just like when you lock onto somebody and you see that like where they're gone and all of a sudden you get the points for the kill and, I will say this, like, I definitely, if you're going to play this game, I recommend playing through the story mode because the story mode is essentially like a nine-hour tutorial that teaches you the ins and outs of this, the combat system. I mean, there's stuff you can learn otherwise, uh, otherwise but it really does take you through that because each mission is different and you experiment with different ships. And some ships you have which are just support ships. All you're doing is flying around, shooting things, but you're also providing shields. So you're giving other ships shields. Um, you have some that are bombers, like the Ronin, like Sorry. the Ronin. No, that's the that's, that's what the true. Ronin yeah. uh, characters do in Ghost of Tsushima. They they're the healing um, yeah. characters. So it's kind of more it's similar situation, but in space in the ship. Yes, like Ziggy motherfucking Star Child. 
Yeah, man. And it's just like, it's got different modes and different multiplayer modes. And the story is actually pretty good. The cinematics are really fun to watch. It's a good minor Star Wars story. Um, you know, I mean, I just really, really enjoyed my time with the story and my time in the multiplayer. Um, and my favorite part, of course, is the combat. Like, the space combat itself is so much fun. When you lock onto a ship and you just, and, you know, you're just firing your lasers and. I don't know, man. It's just a blast. It's it's just incredible. The graphics are incredible, too. For a thirty nine ninety nine game, it is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, I will say that I played it on my base PS4, and my base PS4 was struggling to keep up. Um, I had to restart the game a couple of times because it would come to the scene, but there would be nothing loaded. It would just be my reticle where I could move the character's head around. And it would just be a black screen, but people were talking, and it was clear. Nobody so- wants just a black screen. <laughs> Nobody likes anything. Nobody wants a uh, radical on a black screen. But see, and that's what I say, man. It brings balance to the force. I fuck around, and you know, I got the PS4 Pro Star Wars edition, so it doesn't need, like it just would make sense for me to load up and mm-hmm. play that game. And the multiplayer, if it's fun, uh, it's a blast. And I knew you would fucking do it, and we could play together co-op, right? Yes, like we could yeah. on Ghost of Tsushima, which is actually free, and I know you already own it. So yes, we could get on it. So, okay. Yeah, All and right. I definitely recommend like. I would recommend this game if you're looking for a fun multiplayer experience that's not a first-person shooter. Like, if you want a new challenge. Like I said, I definitely... Not like the duty. Yeah, like, I definitely recommend going through the single player, though. So I'll give you this example. I got into my very first multiplayer match. I had just finished the single-player campaign. And I got into a multiplayer match, and there was, on my team, I was a level one on my multiplayer rank. Um, and I had, uh, everybody else on my team was like a level nine or higher, but I could immediately tell that they only had played the multiplayer. They hadn't gone through the single player because I immediately had a higher K or I had a lower KDR than them. And I had a higher score than them because I took out 10 ships. I was first place on my team and the rest of my team, like the closest one to me was like three ships and he was a level 10. And I was like, if you go through, you play the single player, it gets you used to it. And I will say this is one of those games where you can usually tell in Call of Duty, like the AI is not going to be as smart as a human uh, with maneuverability. It's going to be a little bit more predictable. Not in this game. The AI is completely unpredictable. It goes all over the place. I mean, playing in the multiplayer versus playing the single player, I felt no difference in the difficulty. Like, it felt the same to me. They really programmed this in a way, and maybe it has to do with the 3D element of space where there is no up, down, left, right. There is only the area around you. Um, you don't and have what about to... those areas and environments? Are they as engaging as I would imagine? That has to be a big part of the draw and entertainment to, you know. Yes, dude. Those areas, those environments, those maps, if you will, the quote-unquote maps, there are parts where you are flying through just like asteroid fields or you're flying through and you're trying to navigate and combat and go in and out you got parts where you're flying through like there's a junkyard in space where basically like the rebels have been tearing down imperial ships that they've captured and they've got a bunch of like cores sitting out there and there's a part where you have to start stop these uh rebel corvettes and so you're having to get them near the cores and you're having to shoot the cores to blow them up so that it kills the rebel corvettes but there's parts where you're literally like 
you are navigating through space and you're flipping your ship sideways and left and right just in order to fit through a certain area. And it's right. just brilliant. Last part of Cousin Soul, but last question. Yes. So how long of a stand life does it have, though, with like Cyberpunk coming out, the little Spider-Man game, PS5 about to come out? I think this thing is probably going to develop a cult following. I think there's going to be people who are going to fuck with this game for probably the next six months. Really just they're, they're going to play this because, number one, you got to remember it's thirty nine ninety nine, So it's already $20 off what regular full price game would be. Number two, you're getting a full price experience here. Because you're not only getting a decently in-depth story mode, which is 9 to 10 hours that trains you on how to play the game, but you're getting a really robust multiplayer mode. Now, don't get me wrong, there's not the customizations we'd normally want, etc., etc., but that's okay. This is one of those just kind Can of... Can I make my X-Wing black? I want to make it black and long. <laughs> I don't think you can make it black and long. <laughs> I mean, I haven't gotten to that part yet, so I haven't really checked into it. I've just been trying to get through different combat modes and stuff like that i'll check i'll check today and text you if you can make your x-wing black and long um but yeah man i'm just gonna recommend it for anybody who's looking for a fun multiplayer experience who wants to kind of mess around a little bit now i have seen people who have been playing this on youtube and they've been using like flight stick controls and that looks like a blast like, that just absolutely looks insanely fun, more than the controller. Because you know it's also available in VR. If you want to... I, I couldn't play this in VR, though, dude. I'd vomit everywhere. I'd be, Man, remember that time? I think we... It was a tribesman uh, that ended up getting fucking uh, motion sickness and shit from Spider-Man. Remember that shit? Yes. Yes, I do. Not for everybody. That's for... Yeah. My wife couldn't watch me play this game, by the way. She got mo- she got motion sickness just watching me play it. She's like, so I I'm can't saying, watch is it the worse screen. than that? Like for somebody that would have had an issue with Spider Man, oh, hundred percent worse. It's worse than that. Oh okay, yeah, I'll... dude, because you are going in all sorts of directions. You're moving mm. fast. You've got you're flipping too. The cool part about it is you flip your power systems depending on the situation. You can go between uh, renegotiating your power to your engines, your weapons, or your shields, and you can either do it quick select or you can do it one at a time if you want to grass or cash yep and man there are parts (laughs) where you are flipping to your engines because you're trying to escape a situation and you are going so fast and spinning so hard it feels like you're completely out of control and it just it's insanely fun not a good game after two glasses of wine is what you No, no 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 I do kind of want to play this drunk to experience what that would be like, but I have. A oh no! Feeling. I know. I know how I need to play this. I know exactly what I'm doing after we finish recording yes. today. Yes, dude, I'm getting on Cook. the multiplayer today. Uh, you are. Yeah. All right. Well, because see, I want the hard copy now. That's part of the reason why I went to the red box, even though I knew they didn't sell games anymore. Yeah. Even though I probably wouldn't have bought it from the red box, I still just wanted to see if it was there. It's been a fucking. I don't remember last time I looked, and I was disappointed to see it wasn't there. So maybe I'll hit up GameStop today. Definitely recommend GameStop or Walmart. Either one of those. I bought oh, mine yeah. from Walmart. Twenty nine ninety nine at Walmart. The numbers are raising. It's totally worth it. Uh, the last game I've been playing, Todd. The last game I've been playing, I beat this. This is the Dark Souls of platformers. It is Crash Bandicoot 4. Holy shit. What an experience. What a blast. What a fun throwback to incredibly difficult platformers. 
Um, so a lot of people have been saying that the original Crash Bandicoots were more difficult than they remembered. Sure, they're more difficult than you remembered. Are they as difficult as Crash Bandicoot 4? Not at all. That's what I need after my experience with Crash Bandicoot 4 to bring my heart rate down. Um, but no, they are not... Dif- like Crash Bandicoot 4 goes from extremely easy and a lot of fun in the beginning to insane amounts of platforming tactility and precision that you normally don't see anymore uh waxing and wanging if you will oh. and i'm also very impressed of how you said the word tactility how to say it again tactility tactility it sounds like what tutor was trying to get <laughs> in, in the before i yeah yes like i mean it is it is it's it's responsiveness to like you have to have that responsiveness in this game and the brilliance of Crash Bandicoot 4 is it stays Crash Bandicoot. There is no trying to push this thing into a modern generation. There is There are things you can do, like there are custom skins you can get, but you win those in-game. Um, there are different bonus levels. You can replay games. You can do time attacks. You can, you know, try different challenges throughout the game. It is packed full of features. For a $59.99 game that's roughly the story took me about 12 hours to get through, it will, if this is the game and you love platformers and you want to spend some time with this thing and you want to play the different bonus modes, you probably have 40 or 50 hours worth of content here. All right, serious question. Yes. We've had, we've had episodes where we talked about the different effects of games on different generations and how, like, you know, kind of in ways like fuck Fortnite, especially for children, because how it could potentially affect your brain and how platformers are one of the better, uh, you know, old types school. of games, old school games just on your brain, especially younger people. Am I am I tripping about that conversation no. that we've had before? No. OK, so what age range? So if I had like an eight year old little girl, for example, would this be a fun game for her or would it be too challenging? I believe, okay, so if you had an eight-year-old, because I want to say it'd be too challenging. However, we played Mario 2 back in the day a lot at eight, nine, ten years old. I'm going to say get it. I'm going to say 100% because it's going to teach you some things. It's going to show you some puzzles, um, some challenges of figuring it out. And you could put it on modern mode so you don't have the life counter. You can like just if keep you were replaying, with child, replaying. If you were with child, would you <laughs> want a... Uh, Fortnite experience or uh, Crash Bandicoot? Crash Bandicoot experience all the way. All the way. Here's the reason why. Fortnite can become rather toxic. You have the multiplayer community. Crash Bandicoot engages that other side of your brain. It's engaging that... Uh, what, what did they used to talk about in school all the time? Uh, hand-eye coordination. Like, it's it's engaging that hand-eye coordination. Yes, titties. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, because just just disregard that foolishness. (laughs) But yeah, hand-eye coordination, that's what... Okay. Yes, yes. It's engaging that part. It's engaging responsiveness. It's building, like you said, the the ability to recognize and make quick decisions and quick determinations on the fly. Um, It's really... What's clever about... What's clever, and I was reading about this um, actually after I finished Crash Bandicoot because I got curious, but what's clever about platforming games is it engages the same side of your brain that puzzle solving does. And I found that kind of fascinating, even though it seems like it's two different actions, it's actually engaging that part of the brain. And as a child, I think if you're going to get this for a kid, prepare for them to be frustrated. 
because it does get very frustrating. However, if you allow them the opportunity to conquer it themselves, they are going to forever love it. That's why I was able to beat Mario for the Nintendo Entertainment System when I was six years old. Because you just learn, and it's something that you learn how to do over time. At first, yes, it seems very, very relatively easy, but it will become challenging. I think it's actually going to be more challenging for adults than it is for children. Because adults, we have a tendency to have those brainwaves locked, like those thought patterns and well, that reaction yeah, time. Yeah, which is dangerous, which yep. is crazy. That's a deep conversation. But then it leads into that was the next question. So back to you as far as, you know, middle-aged person. You know what I'm saying? Little Wayne, if you will. With my like, skateboard. Little... With Kermit the Frog on it. <laughs> That's actually dope. Yeah. I had to get Kermit. No, but if if you don't if you don't like platformers or this is not a genre that you have engaged with that often over time. Me personally, I have played platformers since the beginning of video games. That's my style. It's my favorite outside of RPGs, platformers are my favorite genre. Um, I will say this, if that is not your genre, this is not the game for you. I would definitely recommend the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy if that's something you want to get into. Um, because that's a little bit on the easier side. <coughs> but in Crash Bandicoot 1 on the Insane Trilogy, they added the bonus level that was considered too hard for Westerners. Well, I will tell you this, that bonus level is the last two worlds of this game and how difficult it is. That's 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 like taking that bonus level and spreading it out over two worlds. That is how difficult and insane it gets. So the Dragon Kiss Bukaki, if you will, too hard for Westerners. Too hard the for fuck Westerners. What is that supposed to mean? That's what they yeah. said. That's what they said. But um, what I was gonna say is, at the end of the game, hey, hold, hold on. Yes. I'm not knock door. Yeah, but so the 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 thing about Crash Bandicoot for um is one of the things it does that is different from the other games is you know how you have the Aku Aku mask from the first three games. Well, in this one, they add different masks now that give you different abilities if you hit the right trigger button. So those different abilities include freezing time, um, giving you this tornado ability where you can spin up and you can jump really far, and they have a gravity mask that flips gravity up and down, and they have a phase mask that will phase different platforms as you're jumping. Um, in the very last level, the very last level, Todd, there is a section towards the end in which you have to, as you're going through the process of platforming through it to get to the end of the level, you are literally getting different masks mid jump and you're having to switch abilities on the fly. Um, and it becomes very challenging and very difficult to balance, but is it worth it? I had the same feeling I had beating Crash Bandicoot 4 that I did when I beat Sekiro. So... Yes, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was amazing. I stayed up until 4.30 in the morning last Friday beating that game. And it was totally worth it. So, Crash Bandicoot 4, damn near perfect game in my opinion. One of my favorite experiences of the year. So, yes. Crash Bandicoot 4, high recommendation if you love platformers. If you don't love platformers, stay the hell away because it will just, it'll be a waste of your money. Not worth the $60. Not won't do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't love platformers, this is not your game. I still probably have to get that one. That that might be part of the Christmas bundle for for me, lady. 
Yeah, Crash Bandicoot. But then again, it's like I said, like earlier this year, I was thinking about that, Todd. I was like, I've beaten all 11 core Mega Man games this year and all four Crash Bandicoot games this year. So I've been, it's been a real heavy platforming year. I've had a heavy flow on platformers, heavy platforming yeah. flow. I'm going to oh, do man, my dance. That fucking fertile dance, bro. <laughs> and the fact that the monkey ate itself. Was that the same monkey that was on uh, Space Force? I think so. I think so. It came back down. It came back down. This has been a good year for some entertainment. Space Force was a classic. That shit was funny, man. I'm thinking that Space Monkey was the same monkey that was the box monkey in, I think in so. Borat when they put Tudor back in the box. <laughs> that fucking movie, man. God. Oh. Gotta watch that These movie. Gypsy tears will protect you. They will protect you. They will protect you. Um, you ready to move on to news? News theme. News theme. Now news. Channel Four News with five-time Emmy Award-winning anchor Ron Burgundy. Cham Kine Sports. Rick Tamlin Weather. And your reporter in the field, Brian Fantana. It's Channel 4 News at 6 o'clock. I'm childish for this. I'm, I'm a middle-aged man. We are too childish for news. Uh, next, first piece of news. Not next piece of news. I See, I went right into it. I was just like, next That's, piece of news. Fuck it. I'm all right, first piece of news. Uh, the custom PS 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 Five plates from PS Five PS Five PS Five Yes, the, the PS Five edition. Yes, it's German Five. It's uh, PS Five plates. It's Lieben Diebisch. So they got some, they got some custom PS Five face plates from PlayStation Five. Uh, you got you got blue, you've got matte black, you've got chrome, and you've got red. So that's that's the current customizations available from PS Five. PS. What what is German for five? Uh, I I don't actually I don't know. Hold on, German for five. Uh, it's fünf, fünf. You found that super quick, bro. Hold on, let me hold on, let me let me let me let me play it. Let me see if it'll play it. Fünf. Can you hear that? Fünf. Fünf. No, I can't hear it. Okay, I, I'm playing it for our audience. Fünf. Fünf. <laughs> I do want that motherfucker. I was thinking about um, getting a similar outfit to Sasha Baron Cohen for uh, Halloween when he went into the synagogue. <laughs> you should. You should. Good Lord. So many, so many outfits. So little time. I feel like I'm on a Vegas show. Uh, PS5 still not... Still not available for pre-order. I can't find it anywhere. Gonna have to wait till day one. Apparently, the most recent pre-order available was at B&H Photo for October 21st. B&H Photo had the latest pre-orders. Our Gamefly had the $800 bundle. Gamefly? God, I haven't thought about them in forever. But you had to get a subscription. No, thank you. I tried Gamefly for a minute on PC a long time ago. Where you could like get the digital games and mm, just not for me. Uh, next piece of news, Todd. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion will run at 4K 30 FPS on Xbox Series X and PS5, and ray tracing support was confirmed. Are you excited? Are you for still Legion? excited about that? I, I was just gonna ask you, dude. Like, yes, I'm excited about it, but at the same time, like Cyberpunk's coming out 
It's in London, right? Yeah, like I'm just I'm American, man. Boston Tea Party. Get your communist you know bullshit out of here. I ain't got time for no commie Brits. <laughs> I got time for American pride. I'm an AR-15 strapped to my back. Isn't that a strange dichotomy a little bit, though? Yeah. But, yeah, because I'm serious. I'm not really excited about it as much because I think it's in, like, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I don't know. It's just like, okay, London. Part that of shit, ex- it may be interesting. But part I mean, of I'm excited, excited about 007 movie, but. I'm partly excited about Watch Dogs Legion if they can execute on the promise that they made, what, last E3? Or the E3 before that, where they're talking about every NPC was playable, had their own stories and stuff. But at the same time, I'm not excited about that because I was just like, that's just going to take forever to play through. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and I think, man, the whole Watch Dogs series, even though the second game is a lot, it's a, it's a great improvement from the first game. That first lie that they told. Yes. It did kind of personally sour me to the whole series. Not to, they're, they're pretty good game. You know what I mean? It felt like but the I disappointment. Just get into it. it felt like the disappointment fairy came through in the night and like left a bad taste in my mouth. That's really that's really what it felt like. Uncle Barry? <laughs> Uncle Barry. No. No, Uncle Barry. No. Uh, Battlefield 5 will run at native 4K 60 frames per second on the Xbox Series X. Ain't no one give a shit about Battlefield. Stop it. Stop trying to make Battlefield a thing again. (laughs) I'm tired of it. I'm kidding. If you play Battlefield, that's cool. I don't really care. I don't really care. People still play that? Yes, people still play Battlefield. I I had it for a minute. I, I didn't play it enough. Like, That's why the live action services, the live action services, they be working. The Sony Interactive Entertainment's uh, Yashiro Otori revealed the preferable PS5 position. The preferable PS5 position, apparently, is according to doggy this doggy style. According to this picture, yes, it's doggy style. According to this position, this picture, the position is standing up. Is the preferred position. Is standing up. So old Bill Clinton there. Old Bill Clinton with the cigar standing up in the office. I've changed my name to Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, next piece of news. PS5 is reportedly being sent to press for previews and reviews. How do we get one of them, Todd? Make us bigger. Make us bigger. We want to review PS5. Right? That's what we want. Hey, man. Yes, I want my. I mean, yeah, I do, and I and we will, and it'll be okay. We'll get it. And Riley, oh, see, that's the beauty about the tribe. Again, shout y'all out once again. If you made it this far, if this episode seems a little disconjointed, it's completely my fault. We have been interrupted several times, and motherfucking Brian is being a super professional. But the good thing about the tribe is, uh, like motherfucking uh, Leon. Anyway, um Yes, yes, Leon the Professor Oh god, I love that movie. That's that shit, right? But uh you know like Raleo gonna have it on launch, I believe, and I'm interested in his perspective. Yep. And it's something weird about this year. Like because it's in pot you we of course it's too late to get it on launch day. And I mean that is disappointing. I'm not gonna say that. But I'm I'm really not tripping about it though, bro. I'm really not. Like I'm not either. It- I got Cyberpunk coming. Like I'm gonna be playing it on PC. I'm not. I'm not gonna be tripping about that quite yet. Um, next piece of news: Microsoft is already working on future Xbox Series iterations. Of course, 
A uh, new PlayStation Store design update is live for some users. I haven't checked my PlayStation Store. Um, Halo The Master Chief Collection is going to run up to 4K 120fps on the Xbox Series X. Um, and then Last of Us Remastered Update 1.11 is out. So apparently they're still updating Master Last of Us Remastered. I'm buff. I'm buff. I'm better than you. Better than you. <laughs> that sticks I'm in stronger my head. Too. That sticks Bitch, I'm in buff. <laughs> I'm buff. Uh, multiple PS5 games are currently live on the Sony servers, including Demon Souls. Demon Souls. Um, Control Ultimate Edition disc requires one-time online connection to play on Xbox. Another backlog game I gotta fuck with. Shit, yeah, dude. Um. Apparently, there were some bad issues with the Black Ops Cold War beta. So, with with enemy visibility. So, that's interesting. What happened with that? Um, apparently, in the beta, uh, seeing people was real hard on the eyes. You're playing Where's Waldo with seeing enemies. The free beta came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, that's I missed something it. I generally, I, yeah, I normally would have fucked with it, but I missed it too, bro. Yeah. It just... Yeah, I missed it. Uh, according to some of the early reviews on it that I've been reading, some of the people I follow on Twitter and YouTube, it wasn't very impressive. Um, here's one for both of us, which I find very interesting. NBA 2K21 inserts unskippable ads into pregame loading screens. I'm not surprised in the least. Yes. this I told you, bro. I told you. I was why, You know me. Yes. Why do you think I'm, I had to wait on one? I couldn't get both fucking sports games this year especially with it being in the year where it's a new system coming out it's just that weird year where, where developers are making two games and neither one of the games are going to be as good as they should be on top of 2k has been doing this for the past like three years i think they the, the unskippable ads is insane or me. not even or just like Forced advertisement, yeah. you know what I'm saying, in general, just as far as like product placement or like that's unavoidable or special events uh, or whatever. Yeah. Like that's part of, I mean, come on, man. And live action services, man. Live action services, you can go down here, Hines, you're going to find a bunch of live action services. And that's what it feels like. <laughs> it's a pimp and a prostitute mindset, man. Harry Hines, I haven't thought about that in a long time. All right, last couple pieces of news before we get on to our roundtable discussion. Uh, apparently in Colombia, retailers are already selling the Xbox Series X. Well, I'm going to fly my ass to Colombia, get some of that Colombian marching powder, and then also get me an Xbox Series X. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> You're trying not to. You're trying not to break. I broke. You broke. You know, I had to get this Wendy's in me, man. It's throwing me off. No worries. No worries. Um, then uh, Godfall Dev says playing with DualSense is incredible. 60 FPS at 4K is the future. The PS5 DualSense has been making its way into users' hands. You can find some YouTube videos um, of people actually messing around with the PlayStation 5 controller. And then apparently the most popular add-on for the PlayStation 5 has been the media remote. The media remote. That thing's selling out apparently everywhere. Controls mm. your media apps. Because people know there's 
People at Sony know there are people who buy the PS5 for like one game and then use it as a Netflix device. Sony knows that, man. That's just a reality. I know Sony's pretty good at that, man. A PS3 had a pretty good uh, mm -hmm. remote. I had um I know I know personally probably seven or eight people who own a PS4 who haven't played a game on it in three or four years. They literally only use it as Netflix and Blu-ray player. That's all they do with it. It's a good machine for that too. It is. I use it as a Blu-ray player in my living room when I want to watch Blu-ray. And I use my Xbox as a Blu-ray player in my game room when I want to watch Carville marathons and i watch my dvds on my little tv and i watch my laser disc on my big tv i'm american you can't take away my media i like my media what's next digital guns i don't want no digital guns i want real guns digital flags digital shirts digital, digital titties. titties my friend <laughs> <laughs> i want the real deal American. Feel. Okay, all right, bro. Let, let, look, look, we're, we're, we're stretching it thin. We're, we're stretching I'm it. It's, it's all right. Yeah. It's we'll all move right. on to talk The Holocaust about... really did happen, bro. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. But the moon's not real. I'm just saying. The moon ain't real. That's fake. That's fake news. All right. <laughs> I'm done. All right, bro. Is... All right. I don't, I don't know what that rant was. It just came to me in a dream. It was gold, bro. It was golden. It was it's my, beautiful. It was my wet dream American appeal. Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact. All right, let's talk about some live action games. Let's talk about some the future of live action, what this means. Is this really a model? Um, so it's the games of a ser as a service model is really kind of what we're discussing here. So... I wanted to start with this, Todd. I, I did some research here, okay? I wanted to see where this model really started. All right. It's no surprise. People put a lot of blame on EA. I get it, and I understand why. EA is simply copying another model from a Chinese company we have talked about multiple times called Tencent. Tencent is really the origins of games as a service. Um, it started, from what I can find, it started in about 2011 when they acquired Riot Games. And then they started monetizing stuff like League of Legends. Um, and this kind of games-as-a-service concept, which allows developers to put very little effort into actually designing new games and instead of just reskinning old games or adding you know, different assets to old games. Basically, what you're looking at with these games as a service is it's a developer's way of trying to extend the shelf life of a video game. Instead of people engaging with it once, maybe twice, they're trying to extend the actual shelf life of it. Um, and that would be interesting if they were adding real content. But the concept, and you have to remember this is a corporation's point of view, I understand what they're doing, and I understand why they do it. Because you want to extend the life of something with as little effort as possible. Because you don't want to use as many resources to continue to make profit off of it. P-R-I. P-R-I. Player recurring income. Player recurring income. There you go. I didn't know that there was an actual term for it. That's interesting. Um, but the problem is, is this? it seems to have two reactions. It's almost like a, It's almost like the gaming community has a love-hate relationship with these types of games. 
Um, you have groups of people that really will follow these games, play these games, stream these games, watch these games, and that's all they will play. And you have groups of players that constantly complain about it. But it seems to be like the fan base of these types of games are also the same people that hate these games the most. And I, I kind of find it as an interesting dynamic because the concept of you know stopping this really comes down to not engaging with it if that's your choice. However, I mean, I think there's a lot of different psychological factors here as far as what your buddies are playing, what that like does to your certain to that lizard brain in the back of our heads, like what that actually hits and engages when you get that rare drop or when you destroy that enemy with that new skin. You know, I mean, but there's ways to do this, but let's talk about some failures on this end and, well, and maybe so some concepts. Before we go into that yes. real quick, like I think it's, it's the question is about sustainability of it based yeah. on those factors with the design of it. You know, I like with, with Tencent bringing over the mobile kind of market into this and how that algorithm is kind of potentially going to throw things off or is it sustainable? I think that's been a question for years. But now that it is kind of becoming more ingrained in the in the gaming community, yeah, I think it's a good conversation to come up again before we switch systems because it's it's interesting. What what will they be able to do with the new platforms? With how fast they are, like yep. what kind of other things could come from it? But uh, yeah, so some like because and and what not only are the failures what did we want to talk about, but some of the ideas and some closeness on what are the successes? Yeah, I mean you some know? of the exploitations too. Um, some of the like shameless exploitations that certain games have done. I mean, my thought process goes right back to like Blizzard, right, with like Black Ops Four selling aiming reticles, or Metal Gear Survive, that piece of shit that came out two what was it two years ago selling the slave sites. Yeah, oh, I forgot about that. That's a classic. I kept calling it slave slots instead of save slots. Oh, God, what a great episode. I think that was the same episode where I was like, you throw a hooker in football. Um, yeah, that was, a, yeah, yep, a you throw a hooker. You throw a hooker. We might have to run that back on one of the recap episodes. It's yeah, anywhere. that was a classic. Um, I mean, some of these some of these games, these just shameless exploitations, Fallout 76, including the premium mode, if you will. Um, Still, that was also the, the coming forth of Ragnarok. Yes, yeah, like that was the that announcement. did it. Battlefront Two, Battlefront Two, getting a whole lot of backlash. Is that where this started? The the, the perspective on this was Battlefront Two. Is that really where it went? Like because it hit mainstream media at that point with mm. loot boxes and gambling, and that conversation started where people were like, "Hey, you can't do this anymore." I don't know, man. I think it was a splattering. Okay. Once it kind of got out there, and I could be wrong, I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. Because, like, yeah, I mean, that's one of them, but that isn't like the first thing that comes to mind when I think about it. Really, what makes me think about it is like Destiny, Destiny 2, yeah, yeah. Um, Rainbow yeah. Six. I mean, Activision a few years ago made like $4 billion off of oh. some silly shit. And I think the, the other point that always comes up with these types of games are the whales. Yes, yes. Like they don't even give a fuck about making a quality game necessarily because it's gonna be people that really love the game that's gonna outpace yep. financially hundreds of thousands of people. Well, you've got like mobile games with that format that make millions upon billions of dollars. Look at what what's the what's the 
what's the Supercell, Clash Royale, and Clash of Kings. Like, the whales on that game who just buy, you know, hundreds of dollars in the app on a weekly basis. And just, that's what they do with their time. I mean, just a few years ago, Clash Royale, Supercell confirmed that when you got new cards or new characters and you built a deck and you built into the meta, if you were on a winning streak, they would purposely pair you up with people who are much higher player counts than you or much higher levels so that you would lose, so that you would be forced to engage with buying the packs of cards in their system. I mean, that's I fell into that trap. I'm not going to lie, dude. I played Clash Royale for a good six months, and I fell right into that trap. Of but see, and this is the thing, too, about love it or hate it. You've, you've talked about this before, bro. If you're only going to play one game, yeah, why not support that one game? Why not support it? Pokemon Go, I know people that that's all they do. We talk Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, that's all you do, and, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you're going to play it, why not support it? But there are successes out there that show you. We'll talk about Anthem in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Anthem and Marvel's Avengers. Uh, but there have been some real successes on showing what it can be done. And I think that there's something to learn from those. The first example I want to bring up is one of my favorite games, uh, Monster Hunter World and Monster Hunter World Iceborne from Capcom. These games have a core system and plenty of content to engage with and you don't even have to buy new shit they just give it to you seasonal events new monsters new updates the only thing that they asked for is they came out with iceborne and when they put out iceborne it was an expansion or add-on to monster in a world yes however it was a full new game like the, it was a full brand new game where I have gotten hundreds of hours of playthrough. I know Bob, that's probably the game he's played for over a thousand hours. I mean, and it's it hasn't cost anything but my initial buy into it. Coming together like booty cheeks moment for bootyism out there. Bootyism. Right? This is actually the anniversary date that we I went to Retropalooza. Yes. And got uh these two paintings. Yes, I can't see I'm them. Pixel Arts guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you posted them on uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah you, you shared them. With memory. that said, thank y'all for listening to this point, and you can join us on the Facebook tribe and get some exclusivity. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I digress. I interrupted you. Go ahead, man. Not my fault. Well, I was just talking about how Monster Hunter World is kind of an example of where the success comes from. And have I bought into the store and bought little microtransactions that they do sell? which doesn't have anything to do with gameplay. It's all like stickers or it's like themes on the PlayStation Store. Yes, I have. But why did I do that? Because had I already bought into the game by paying the full value for the game? Yes, I did. However, I wanted to add a little bit more, even if it was just like 10 bucks. you know, over time, it's still showing support and love for a game that I felt really did itself justice and became a real true meaning of what it means to be a game as a service if you will without exploiting a player base right right you, just love. total kind of, kind of bit of a sidebar but when you were talking about that i thought about it you know surprisingly what's the type of game that i'll spend extra money on on top of a 60 dollar game what's that a, a loved fighting game yeah. like mortal yeah. kombat 2 for or 2 the latest <laughs> more 10 27 <laughs> uh whatever fuck number we're on um, 11 and right yeah. Uh, 
Like, in fact, I need to check out the Rambo shit just because, yes. um, you know, just and I'll, I'll support that. I'll buy the extra pack, you know, that came out with the the DLC not too long ago or like Dragon Ball Fighters, something like that. Yeah. Surprisingly, I will support those games with just care to good content, you know, and then which kind of let me to jump in a little bit because with the good, the bad, the ugly, like I said, the Ghost of Tsushima shit yep. really kind of sparked this whole conversation. But can we get into like I would say what would. Marvel Avengers be the bad from what you know. I know you haven't played it. From or, what I know. And Anthem be the ugly? I think or Anthem would be the ugly and Marvel Avengers would be the bad. What's your perspective? Why Why, why would you say that? I'm going to say that Anthem would be the ugly because of the hype behind it. And the idea that it was a new property and it had... And I'm going to say specifically ugly because while I absolutely loved the movement and the motion in that game, you could see all the potential in the world. All of it. You could see what they were going for. You could... I really felt the love that they had for designing the flight system and the actual combat itself. I had fun while I played the game. That's what I'm going to say. I had fun while I played the game. There were broken elements of the game, sure. But I had fun flying around. I thought the world was gorgeous. But there was just moments where you could feel the crunch time. Bad on the Marvel side because ultimately from what I've read. Now, remember, this is coming from probably a very ignorant perspective because I haven't engaged with the game outside of the beta. But from my understanding and from what I'm reading of it, Marvel felt lazy is my understanding of it. It, it felt like a cash grab. Um but I may be wrong about that. Well, okay, because that's not a fair question. Because, like you said, you didn't get a chance to really get in the game, and I played it. But this is, and originally, like I just wrote down a quick note as a yeah. reminder to to bring it, this up. Like the bad I have next to it, Marvel, and ugly I have Anthem. But the more I thought about it, and even listening to the conversation, just the point, knowing you as a Marvel fan, and the fact that you haven't played the game, I'm yes. flipping them a little bit. Okay, personally, yeah, fair, and because of the same reasons, like. In a way, like I just spent more time with Anthem. Yeah. Whether it's a shittier experience or whatever, it's just the facts. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to go back. Now, I still want to give this uh, Marvel a chance because it's still, in a way, could potentially surpass Anthem, which is like the hardest thing to say because, I mean, shit, that's not a hard thing to surpass. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it, it does the whole cash grab part, yes, but it also has to do with the, the idea. It goes back to, okay. You got to have a good game first before yes. you sit here and talk about a live service. Like that's the whole point. Just that's the whole point. If you have a good game first, then people will want to just support whatever the fuck you do anyway. I mean, I'm not a huge Warframe fan, but I get I'm War Warframe fan, but I get it. Like <clears throat> I even enjoy playing it on my Switch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there are good examples of it, and I think if again like one of the favorite games that I enjoy watching right now, I enjoy watching my girl play Genshin Impact. If she doesn't want like 15 other games right now, and that's something she would want to support as long as it doesn't get too ridiculous towards the, you know, the super grindy part. If she enjoys the grind and it's not monetarily just killing the pockets, then I mean, I don't mind you supporting a game for a little while. Like, that's the whole fucking point. That's the point now, when of it, it. Right. When it becomes unhealthy, like some World of Warcraft shit, which I really don't think gets enough credit for. Yeah. Uh, you no. Know, you're you know right. what I mean? It's like, I was going like to bring that up. Got, when sports got shut down, a lot of people enter Robinhood markets just to scratch that itch. And there's a lot of motherfuckers that was World of Warcraft fans that can't stand live service games because they can't find that World of Warcraft 
I can marry you in this digital world experience yeah. and that's what they really want, I think. Or does that make any sense? That no, no, off? that makes complete Honestly. sense to me. Because you're right, World of Warcraft really is kind of the first, or not one of the first, I mean, it is, it's one of the predecessors, if you will. It's, it, it's, it's clearly what Tencent took a look at and said, hey, there's this MMO genre, and I think we can exploit it even more. And I think we can make it something else. Moral uh, to the story, China. <laughs> China, it's always the Chinese. Inject it with the Wuhan flu. Inject it with the Wuhan flu. Cut the heads off like the Saudis do. Oh my god. Such a great moment. Such a great moment. But no, man, so what I'm going to say too is there's the flip side of the story that I wanted to bring up where smaller developers making a games of a games game of service type of game or the um you know, if you release it at a decent price or you release it at free and you're using the incoming income in your small developer to create an experience for, you know, I'll, I'll buy into that too, like the concept of the uh, early access games. Because one of the games that I got super addicted to earlier, th- earlier this year was Tim Tim. And that game was not completed. I bought early access into Tim Tim. Do I regret that? No, because I got to support a developer who's making a clearly passionate and loved experience and game. The problem with that though is you never know. Like you just don't know when somebody's going to bail on you. I mean, look at some major development studios like Anthem who they had a whole roadmap for Anthem. They had a whole thing planned out and they just abandoned it because they had to. And I understand why it was not fiscally responsible to continue down that map. Well, and it, this, to go back though, to the comparison, this is, this is one little major well, one thing about Marvel and Anthem, at least they fixed like the cosmetics in Anthem. Yeah. They tried a little. It did seem like they tried a little bit more in consideration that Marvel, you are working with something that really can't fail. It's not supposed to. It's, it's like not impossible. supposed it's like to fail. Built in, naturally great. Like with Anthem, it was just a little bit more fun. It was a little. It was a little new. And like you said, the the flying aspects alone were actually really fun. That mm-hmm. felt a little bit innovative. It looked good. Like the verticality of it was dope. Like I don't care what anybody says. No, but I agree least, with you. I agree with at you. At least I could get some kind of fucking time by making an orange and blue alligator skin yep. weird ass, you know, broken ass motherfucking shell of a mobile suit that could fly. Uh, it was a broken game, too many loading screens, the story was fucking lacking, and at the end of the day, it didn't have that core value, Cataclysm was trash, and you just fell out, and it kind of spirals down like a toilet. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's just but how much shit can people catch, like, as far as money before it, that's true. you know, basically gets flushed. Marvel, that, that's why it's, Marvel is, Marvel is even more disappointing to me now that we, we talking it out, yeah. it really is. Uh, Marvel even feels I like fun a with splat against the wall. It felt like it, like, like you said, Anthem had its moment, and it just kind of slowly circled the drain. Marvel almost felt DOA, like it almost felt completely dead on arrival. Like a crackhead shit in a in a abandoned yeah, house, like yeah. a splat on the wall, like a splat on the wall, <laughs> like, like, like crackhead done caught his shit and threw it against somebody else, some other crackhead. Oh no, no, just like that guy, <laughs> like pow, pow. Like it's dramatic at first, but it's just sad. Yeah, it's just sad. All those opioids, man, you got to take them stool softeners. Uh, <laughs> but no, what I was going to say, though, dude, is, I mean, there there's examples to follow, but the thing about it is, is that I think where we're seeing it in modern gaming 
is it seems like every company is trying to apply it to every game um, or in some facet or some form. But there's been examples where that has not been needed at all. I mean, like God of War we talked about, of course. Spider-Man we talked about, um, where that's just not needed. And you don't need to because they trust the product enough to sell on its own um, without having to continue the shelf life. I mean, hell, dude, I've gone, to back, I've gone back and played Spider-Man and fucked around with Spider-Man when I had a lull, um, I don't know, two or three times. God of War, the same thing. You know, like I've gone back and started new games on that just because I found it, you know, to be fun and interesting. Um, I want to engage with some of these games as a service games. Like, I think there are classic examples out there of games that are actually good. Um, What what do you think is the biggest hindrance with engaging with this game, game style, especially in, you know, modern times, 2020 and beyond? Mine is there's just so fucking many different games out and at the same time like if I'm going to spend my time which is an economy for me if I'm going to spend my time that's the red button word like Pee Wee Herman that's the the word I was looking for the commodity of time that's where it fails who the fuck has time in in real world life to do this shit Literally, I don't want to, okay, like, like if I'm going to spend time doing this, let me play on Ghost of Tsushima. At least give me a story or something, okay? That's 16 good minutes on a mission that I had fun with somebody in a game that's fully fleshed out that I love, that's I'm already built in the lore. You, you respected my time. As opposed to I spent fucking an hour and a half and you can't even give me a cape or make motherfucking Hulk look specifically like I want him to look with this extra motherfucking shit. Who the fuck has time for this? I got work to do. I got to pay for the game. Dude, I gotta pay for the game. And then when you've got stuff like Xbox Games Pass out there right now, which, by the way, they just added Age of Empires 3 on the Xbox. They added Forza 7 Motorsport. Um, Drake Hollow was recently added. I mean, just some of the games that they add, and it's like, that's something I have access to immediately. I don't have to pay for it. I mean, I'm paying a subscription. All I gotta do is go in there, hit install, um, and then just go ahead and throw it on there. They added Tales of Vesperia, Katana Zero, which was one of my favorite games last year. Um, you know, Heave Ho, which is supposed to be a lot of fun. I mean, just think about, like, the time and the energy that Heave I... Ho. Heave Ho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. you're, you're right, dude. Like, we're getting older. And then not just to mention, like, video games, but, you know, you've got sports, and Borat 2 came out, and I've got books and comic books that I'm interested in. Like, I don't have time to sit there and wait for you to make your game better. Once I'm done with it, I'm done with it. Like, I'm not going to go back to it. I'm not going to go check in on it. Sea of Thieves is the closest. Sea of Thieves and No Man's Sky are the closest two I've come to actually going back and going, hey, you know what? I've heard really great things. Let me get back on this and give it a shot. And it has been fun. But I'm either going to wait for your game to get better before I play it. Or I'm going to play it at the beginning, realize how crappy it is right now, and not want to come back to it. That's where the service fails. Because you're expecting people to engage with the service. But unless you give them some type of content to engage with that's interesting and fun and unique. Or at least something that tickles the brain a little bit. I'm not going to, man. I'm not going to play live events. I'm not going to go on your store. I'm sorry, Ubisoft. I'm not going to go buy different skins for... And I love the Assassin's Creed series, but I'm not going to go buy skins for this. Like, I don't I don't care. 
I don't care enough to do that. So that's where it is. And I mean, who has time? And who has yeah. time? Like you said, you don't care who has time. Um, especially when everything's coming out. But so yeah, more to the story is our most important commodity is time. Yep. And we, especially during these times, we may you know do good at, at protecting that to the best of our abilities. Uh, and that's you know. Yeah. Just uh, our opinion, and throw that, throw this little conversation out to the tribe, and see how it comes back. It's always beautiful. It's really about what others think as well, and continue that conversation. Um, but yeah, I agree, man. Unless, unless there was anything else, man. You know what I mean? Now, um, then, like live services feel like almost like a career choice or something nowadays. Like, okay, what career do I want to yeah. be in? Do I want to be a fucking? You know what I'm saying? Like I got them, pro- I got them real problems in real life, man. Games are supposed to be a sense of escape and and community in a sense, hopefully healthy community, uh, which can I guess that could be. Yeah, and I Let's mean, let's leave on a positive note with that. Like, are there any examples of like good, healthy communities like Rainbow Six? Yeah, maybe something like that. I was gonna say Path of Exile, Warframe, Grand Theft Auto Five Online, like just That's just. Healthy. I'm going to say it's healthy to a degree. I mean, you know this, dude. Anything could anything could turn unhealthy if you give it too much attention or too much time, right? Like, you really could. Um, I mean, I, I find that some of them are fun to watch and fun to engage with. I really like Rocket League, but I like to watch talented Rocket League players. I don't want to play Rocket League. I liked it when I played it when it first came out. Um, but it is, like you said, it's like a career choice. I mean, you have people who all they play is Siege, or all they play is Fortnite, or all they play is Warframe. 2K. 2K, Madden, uh, even some people who all they play is WWE. Even though I want to play Battlegrounds, I heard Battlegrounds is a lot of fun. The WWE game that just came out, it's not a 2K yeah, game. Yeah. I heard Battlegrounds. Oh, was, really? Yeah, I heard it's actually a lot of you fun. Know, you know, on, the, on some cool shit, like... I miss good wrestling games. Those used to be fun times as a kid too. I'm not gonna lie yeah. to you. Like the old WWF games, WCW, uh, WWE, WCW versus NWO. Right, like any whatever, bro. Like there were certain wrestling games, and I always used to. My favorite used to be the Undertaker. They were a lot Me of fun. Me too. Um, Sting you know I mean? and but the not, Undertaker. And see, that's that's where live services ruin it because somebody has an idea of like, you know, what would be great a fucking live services wrestling game where you could get on at any point, and then you know, and it sounds like a good idea until they figure out a way to rape people's pockets and then fuck it yep. all up. You know what I mean? Like to where they'd have a better idea if they just made an old classic ass real good game, and like they did with Sucker Punch with Ghost of Tsushima to bring that back, have an idea of just making a good piece of art first alongside an online service. And created holistically, as opposed to trying to like really pair and on parallel, as opposed to trying to like mush a bunch of shit together. That's where Marvel failed to. Like well, they should have made a great game first with the online service on 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 side, more like Red Dead Redemption style. It would have been a much better receiving. Yeah, and you know, and like we we talked about too, it's some of these games as service games or constantly online games like Fortnite and all that, like. PUBG, all that crap. Like, you have to take the time to learn the system, and you have to take the time to get good at it before you can enjoy it. And like we said, time is a commodity. So, I want to hear from the tribe, though. I want, I, I really do. Like, let us know. I mean, for crying out loud, we all fall into that trap occasionally. Remember how much I played Apex? 
Like that was just nonstop. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I even bought the though. battle pass like a couple of times. And it was fun though. I had a blast. But uh, let us know what you think. Agree or disagree with our opinions. You can hit us up at skip the tutorial podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at STT underscore pod. Instagram, Instagram.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. Uh, Facebook.com backslash skip the tutorial pod. Um, also, remember our Patreon. We have that up. Um, go check that out. Just Google skip the tutorial Patreon. You'll find us. Um, extra content. Extra content. Bonus show a week for the cup of coffee, for the cost of a cup of coffee once a month. Uh, go in there and help support us. We love doing this show. So uh, You can also leave us a review on iTunes. And right now, until October 31st, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you're entered into a $60 Amazon gift card giveaway. Um, other than that, Todd, anything else before we say goodbye for the day? I'm completely interrupting with a little bit of bonus on this episode because I almost forgot I did want to get a Kung Fu list from an email that we received from yes. speaking of Patreon. Specifically, read this off. One of our much appreciated motherfucking Patreon um, supporters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we did top seven Kung Fu lists last year into the home of what Curtis. We shout you out, Super Tribesman. You are officially a SCT OG, triple OG. Absolutely. Uh, his top seven uh, kung fu movies was seven: uh, Fearless, uh, six: Kill Bill, Excellent. five: Bloodsport, four: Best of the Best. James I Earl Jones plays best the coach, best. and I completely forgot about that fucking movie, bro. Thank you so fucking much for bringing it up. Uh, his number three was Enter the Dragon. Number two, Last Dragon, Black Man Born in '83. So it's always be top my top three. Fucking yes, sir. Last Dragon Absolutely. and Kiss of the Dragon. Number one. Um, and he said, y'all had me rolling here at the job. Here's his top seven. So that's some other shit, but shout out, bro. And if you want to check out some of the other top seven Kung Fu lists, they're also on our Facebook tribe. Please just, you know, great. it's easy. Just Google us, bro. And, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got, fool. That's pretty much all I got. Excellent. Shout out to Curtis. Excellent list. I forgot about Best of the Best. I must have watched that movie a thousand times as a kid. I love that Fuck movie. Him best because that's, that's that why movie. I meditate in the shower, baby. Best <laughs> yeah. of the best. Eric Roberts and James I Earl I Jones. Didn't, I didn't, I didn't, listen, right. I didn't have a waterfall to stand under with an eye patch. Me neither. And Duke, I'm not going to lie. There's Jet Li 90s action movies, early 2000s ones that when he came to America. I love those flicks, dude. What was that movie he did with DMX? Borat 2. <laughs> yeah! Go watch Borat 2. No, that was with Aaliyah in it, man. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. R.I.P. I forgot. That's that's a, something that somebody could Google for a motherfucking gift card or something. I don't know. Let's get off of here before we say anything else. All right. As we always do before we sign off, stay humble. Stay humble. For Mick Grant, for Mick Grant of Country Kazakhstan, stay humble. Have a good night. Good night, Colombia. I'm coming for that Xbox. Good night, Kazakhstan. Good night. The pubis and potassium <laughs> has gone by. Send the Mel Brides to Kevin Spacey. <laughs> good Tuber night. <laughs> the biggest titties in the universe. She's only 15. She's too young. <laughs> She's too young. Take me. Take me instead. Take me instead. My back pussy is so tight. He said anus. Anus. Good night. Uh.